Amen, amen. Does anybody believe our God still does miracles? Our God still moves? Our God is still alive? Amen, amen. I know that I believe that God still does miracles. Do we have doubts? Sure. Do we have fears or concerns? Of course we do. But God can handle those. And actually, God asks us to bring those concerns, those fears, whatever we may have, he asks us to bring those to him so he can judge us, so he can beat us up. No, it tells us in Peter, he asks us to bring those to him because he loves us. And so, hey, I want to take a moment to celebrate all God did last week. It was Easter not amazing at all of our campuses. So good. It was awesome. We saw hundreds of first-time families and guests. We had 113 baptisms and over 13,000 people worshiped at Faith Promise. Isn't that amazing? <clears throat> what I want to celebrate most right now is your inviting. There were families. There are family members here, friends here, strangers here. There were Christians who had walked away from the faith. There were lost people here. There were people of other religions. Really, probably my favorite conversation I had last weekend was with a young Muslim lady in the lobby. And we had an amazing conversation. But I was so excited, I am so excited about the culture of invitation that God is breathing into faith promise. So let's not make that an Easter thing. Let's make that an every weekend thing. And so, hey, in follow-up to Easter, I want to take a moment to pray specifically for three groups of people. The first group of people are new Christ followers. There's people who gave their life to Christ last weekend, and we want to pray for them, we want to support them, and we want to send them. The second group of people are new winning team members, people who started serving for the first time last week, and we want to pray that they would continue, that they would see uh, that, that their impact in the local church, what God has set up to win the world, uh, that they would be so bought into it. And last one, this is the biggest group, I want to pray for all of us who repented of not loving others last weekend like Jesus has and does love us. I pray that that wasn't a moment in time. I said last weekend, and I meant it, that wasn't a gimmick, that wasn't an Easter thing, that was a sincere repentance because our world desperately needs the free love that God, or the, the love that God gives freely to us. It wasn't free, right? Jesus gave his life for it. And so let's pray for those three groups of people and ask God to move in a mighty way. God, we come before you right now as a church. And first, we want to pray for new believers, people who gave their life to Christ last week. We pray right now, Acts 1-8, that they would be filled with power when the Holy Spirit comes on them. They would be your witness to Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. That they would be witnesses in their homes, at their schools, God, in their workplaces, wherever their hobbies are. That they would be bold witnesses. Please, God, move on those new believers. God, we want to pray for new winning team members who are serving your bride, the local church. God, I pray that they would just have this insatiable desire to go after, to serve people, to love people, to let people experience God's love through their service. I pray they wouldn't be distracted, they wouldn't be pulled away, but they would be so drawn and pulled in, Holy Spirit, to what you want to do through this movement called Faith Promise. And lastly, I want to pray for all of us who stood up last weekend and repented for not loving people for the way that you loved us, Jesus. I bet you this week, I know that I fell short. There are some people that I should have loved differently because you loved me differently, Jesus. 
So right now, God, we ask, we beg you that you would continually keep us in a place where we love people like you loved us. God, that we would be desperate and broken for people who are far from you. God, that we would care for people like you care for people, that we would sacrifice, that we would give our lives, that we would do whatever it takes. God, please move. Please move in our hearts. Make the kingdom of heaven the most important thing to us, and we can show that. We can manifest that. We can bring that to this world through how we love people. God, please seal the works you've done in new believers, new winning team members, and in all of us who repented. In your name we pray. And everybody said, amen, amen. So hey, we want to welcome you to Faith Promise. All of our campuses live. We're so excited for you that you're here. If you're watching live online, wherever you may be watching, at the four prisons, God Behind Bars, that we're having church at right now, or if you're watching later, we are thrilled about all that God is doing. Now this is an exciting weekend. There's already been miracles. God's already working in a mighty way, but before we move in to that time, I just want to remind you that this week is step one of Next Steps. Can I beg you, please come and discover your purpose, your purpose to win the world. You have a design that God made you with to win your world, right? And we want to help you discover that design and put you on a path to win your world, your life, your family, and your world will never be the same. So if you haven't been in Next Steps, if you're not a part of the winning team, please join us. We have dinner, child care. It's going to be an amazing, amazing time. Now, with all those people who gave their life to Christ last weekend, all of us, all of us who are Christ followers who are going to heaven, do you ever wonder what it will be like when you get to heaven? Are there people from the Bible that you would like to talk to when you get there? Maybe ask Moses what it was like to part the Red Sea with a stick. Maybe ask Jonah what it was like to be swallowed by a fish. Maybe ask Noah how bad that ark must have stunk being there with all those animals, right? Ladies, maybe you want to have a little chat with Eve, because maybe you don't know this, but part of the curse of her sin was pain in childbirth, all right? And my wife, Rachel's pretty nice, but whenever she's having to push out one of those kids, right, she gets a little gangster on you. So, you know, but I would encourage you, don't make your first act upon entering heaven a fight with Eve. That wouldn't be good. Don't pull your earrings out. Just... Just stay true, all right? Keep your eyes on the Lord, all right? But think about this. I think when we get to heaven, we'll be looking and we'll see. We'll see Moses or Noah or Esther or Eve, and we may want to ask them, hey, what was it like? But really, and let this really hit you like it's been hitting me. If you think about it, I think they will have a question for us. They'll want to know what was it like to tell people about Jesus, They'll want to know what was it like to have the Holy Spirit living inside of you. Samson will say, oh, man, the Holy Spirit came on me for a season. I was so strong. Or, or, or some will say, the Holy Spirit was on me for a season, and I was so wise. But they'll see us coming out and say, oh, hey, those are the people who lived a whole life with the Holy Spirit's power in them and on them. I don't know about you, but I want to be ready for that question. I want to be ready for that test. I want to be ready to tell them about an abundant life lived because Jesus died to give me that life of abundance and power. So this weekend, we're going to make room for that kind of power. We're going to make room for that kind of surrender, the kind of life that Jesus wants us to live through the power of the Holy Spirit in our life. We're going to make time to surrender and be humble. This is not about a sermon this weekend. This is about surrender. We are going to specifically this weekend 
ask God to heal. Listen, let me, let, let, this is not about what Zach thinks. We're going to claim God's promise in James 5, 14 to 16. Listen to this. It says, is anyone among you sick? Let them call on the elders of the church to pray over them and anoint them with oil in the name of the Lord. And ask, and the prayer offered in faith will make the sick person well. The Lord will raise them up, and if they have sinned, they will be forgiven. These promises are amazing. Therefore, confess your sins to one another uh, so that you may be healed. The prayer of a righteous person is powerful and effective. So that's what we're going to do. We're going to take God at his word, right? So we're going we're gonna to work into a time of response right now. We're going to worship and we're going to pray. In this moment, we're specifically praying for physical healing. We're going to pray for three areas of healing, physical, emotional, and relational. But this is physical healing. If you or someone in your life needs physical healing, let's take God at his word and ask him for it. We're seeing people healed. We're seeing people who have tumors go back to the doctor and they can't find them. We're seeing people just radically healed. Why not take God at his word? Our God still heals. He just does. So we're going to ask God it right now. We're going to ask God to heal in a miraculous way, okay? And so I, I'm going to pray, and then if, and here's what I want to encourage you. We're going to worship. It's going to be great, but do not let anything keep you in your seat. If you need prayer, and hey, can I just, and this, this, this goes for all three areas. If by some amazing, gracious move of God, you don't need physical healing, will you please hit your knees at your spot and beg God to move in other people's lives. That's what we do as a church. We support people. So I'm going to pray. Our prayer team is going to come up front at all of our campuses. Guys, let's take God at his word and see miraculous healing this weekend. God, we come before you right now. Prayer team, go ahead and come on up. God, we come before you right now, and we are expecting healing. We are expecting miraculous physical healings right now. God, as we, as we will surrender and humble ourselves and come forward and take you at your word in James 5, we will be anointed with oil. We will see healing. We will see healing. We will see physical healing. God, you bring people back from the dead. God, you are able. Please, right now, move in only what you can. In your name we pray. Amen. Will you stand? And if you need physical healing at all of our campuses, please come forward and let us pray for you. Spirit right now, flooding this room. If you still need, if you need healing, you didn't move, that's fine. That's what today's for. There's room, there's time, there's room, there's time. God, right now, I just want to cast out infirmities. God, right now, we're going to win the battle in the heavenlies. Ephesians 6, our battle is not against flesh and blood, but against rulers or principalities in the, in the heavenly places. And Jesus, you've already won the war. 
So God, I pray as people are set free at all of our campuses today, as people are set free, God, in coffee shops, as people are set free at God Behind Bars, that their worlds would never be the same, but not just that, that other people's worlds wouldn't be the same. Please, God, not only heal us, but send us out to be agents of healing throughout the world through this power of the Holy Spirit inside of us. And God, just please fill us up and send us out. Fill us up and send us out. God, we claim your healing by your stripes. We are healed, please. Abba, Father, Jesus Christ, our Savior, Holy Spirit power, we pray you would move. Amen, amen. Hey, we're going to move in our next time of healing. And so but if you need to come up, we're going we're gonna to stay up here. We, we have made time for God to move in our lives, right? Another area of healing that we need is emotional healing, emotional healing. And hey, can we just, can we just drop our guards here at church, right? Can we just be real about the trauma, maybe the anxiety, maybe the depression, maybe the suicidal thoughts, maybe the endless doubts, maybe the, the, the endless what-ifs that plague your thought life? Listen, is there an area in your life where the devil preys on your emotions to keep you from God's best in your life? Can I give you two promises from God that are your inheritance as believers? Listen to this. See, if, if it doesn't describe your life, then you need prayer, which w- includes me. Listen, 2 Timothy 1.7, for God has not given us, Christ followers, a spirit of fear, but this is what we're supposed to have, power, love, and sound mind. That's how God has made you. Anything less than that, you're settling. We're settling. This is who God says you are. Not only that, but check out this promise. And I pray that it floods over you in such a way that you're never the same. In Philippians 4, 6, and 7, it says, do not be anxious about some things. Do not be anxious about anything. But in every situation, by prayer, which we're doing, petition, which we're doing, and thanksgiving in our worship, which we're we're doing, present your request to God. Listen, and here's his promise. And the peace which transcends all understanding will guard your hearts and minds in Jesus Christ. I don't know about you, but I could do with some guardianship of peace around my mind, around my family, around my calling, around our church. I I, I believe we could use that. If you want that peace, if you want that power, you want that sound mind, come up and let us pray for you. Take take advantage, not, not take advantage, take hold of the inheritance that Jesus died to give you. Don't leave it on the table. That's crazy. That's not who we are. We are sons and daughters of the Most High. It's yours. It's mine. Listen, let's live in the emotional health, even more than that, the emotional power and peace that God offers. Please, please, if there's anything, and, and God, and I'm going to say this every time. There's a lot of people at all of our camps need to come up for prayer. If by God's grace, you are somebody that doesn't struggle with any emotional issues, again, I'm going to ask you, I'm going to ask you that you would make an altar at your seat or come and kneel at the altar and beg God for our students and kids. Beg God. As suicide rates increase and anxiety increases, what if the number one place that our communities knew that peace was available was at the church? They're not sure why, because maybe they don't believe in Jesus yet. 
but it's because the love of sound mind lives in you, right? So what, if you need prayer, come on up. But if, you, if you're in a radical, if you're in a place where you don't, beg God for a move. God, we come before you right now. And God, I just pray for a wave of humility across all of our campuses. I pray for a wave. People in the back who thought maybe, maybe I'm, maybe I'm going to slip in unnoticed today, but they're desperate for a move of God. They're desperate. God, I just please, please, please. God, let us walk in the emotional healing that only you provide. God, anxiety has no place. Trauma has no place. Depression has no place. God, fear has no place. Doubt has no place. Freedom, God, that's what reigns. Where your love is, freedom reigns. Oh, oh, we love you. Let me pray. Amen. If you need healing for anything emotional at any of our campuses, come on. We're not going to be the same today. Come on. If you're getting prayer, you need prayer, go ahead. This is time. We're making room. Jesus, 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 Jesus. In the Bible, it says that even the demons know that name and they tremble. I feel like maybe we've gotten used to the name of Jesus. We've gotten used to the thought that the helmet of salvation in Ephesians 6, whenever we're saved, we get to put that on our head and it silences the lies that you're not enough. It silences the rumors that God is not with you. It silences them, it silences them, it silences them. Because, it's not because they don't exist, it's because the ringing of your bought with the price, 1 Corinthians 6.20, the price of Jesus, you are not your own, you're filled with the Holy Spirit, you're a temple. God, bring, bring that freedom, God, bring that freedom. God, please take this peace that you're putting on us. Actually, there's still people that need healing. If you or somebody in your life needs emotional healing, will you just raise your hand? Will you just raise your hand all across all of our campuses? God, right now, you see these hands. God, we claim healing that only you provide. God, and right now, you may be in, empowering us with power to go pray for them. If we need healing, God, God, right now, we lift our hands and surrender, asking you, begging you, please, we can't do it on our own. Our world can't do it on our own. That's why you told us to pray your kingdom come and your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And your kingdom is one of peace and your kingdom is one of wholeness and your kingdom is one of love that casts out fear. Freedom. Freedom. Amen, amen. You can put your hands down, God, right now. We're just, we're just asking you to send us, God, to a world that desperately needs it. Let us be people of peace that bring the power of the gospel. Let's go into one more area of healing. Again, if you need physical, emotional healing, come on up. We're going to do it. We got time, right? Hey, but relational healing. There is nothing on the planet that causes more joy and more pain than relationships right? Everyone, everyone has been hurt by relationships. If you've been hurt by relationships, that's not unique to you. However, the question that is unique to you is have you let 
those past hurts, the past bitterness, anger, or unforgiveness, or hatred, have you let that build up in you and not let it go? See, this is, this is huge. You're, you're about to get a revelation right here. This is a strategy of the enemy. Remember Jesus' design for love and relationships. This is what Jesus said in John 13, 34, and 35. Jesus said, a new command I give you, love one another. That wasn't new. Here's what's new. As I have loved you, so love one another. He loved us even whenever we abandoned him, even when we sinned and turned our back on him, even when we hurt him, he loved us. He's saying the command is you love anybody and everybody as he has loved us. So you must love one another. Here it is right here. By this, everyone will know you are my disciples by your love for one another. This is how people will know that there is a God that is powerful, that his church has authority, that Christians have something that nothing else can offer by the love that we have for others. Can I ask you, do you have bitterness? Do you have unforgiveness? Do you have hatred? Do you have frustrations? Let me ask it this way. When your mind wanders around relationships, do you imagine, oh, I wish I'd have said that to him, or arguments, or put downs? Or do you imagine loving somebody? Jesus-focused conversations. Do you ever fantasize about leading people to Jesus in your life? Listen, if you need relational healing, please come and let us pray for you. This, this may be a revelation. Relationships are God's design for winning the world. Relationships are God's design for evangelism. If you were the devil, wouldn't you attack those two? I know that I would. I would attack how we love people. Because if, if, if he can get us not loving people, the gospel dies. We can, let, let, just let this hit you. We cannot let the devil poison the well of living water that is our love for people. Something else we're going to do in this time. We're going to come up for prayer for, for relationships. You also have communion in your chair. Listen, and I'm not going to walk you through it. You're going to do it when you're ready to do it. But that cracker represents Jesus' body that he broke on the cross for you. That, that juice represents the blood that he spilled to cover your sins. I don't know about you, but whenever I take communion, there's not many things that I do that shake me awake to love others like communion does. What he was willing to do to have a relationship with me and you it's just hard to fathom. So in this next time of worship response, hey, this is hard. You may need to grab a spouse. Your relationship's barely hanging on. But let me tell you two more things. We're going to be done. We're, we're, we're going to come forward. One, this is hard. There is nothing that has happened to you that it's okay for you not to forgive. And there's not a relationship that's so far gone that God can't bring forgiveness and restoration. If you recall, he's the only one bringing dead things back to life. So you'll need to come forward for prayer. It's okay. If you need somebody to hold you, we're here. God, we come before you right now, and as we take communion, and as we pray for relational healing, we ask you to do it only you can do it. All of our campuses, I, I just believe there's going to be a breakthrough in evangelism right here. As you recent or recalibrate, transform our relationships, Father God. They will know 
that who you are by our love for one another? Wow, God, there is some pressure on our love for people. We don't have the prerogative. We don't have the, 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 the leeway to be unforgiving and bitterness and anger. We don't get that. We don't get that. You didn't do it to me. We won't do it to others. God, I pray that you would give people the humility to come out of their seats. And God, I pray as we take communion, that people will be transformed with wave after wave of the reality of your love. In your precious we pray, amen. Don't let anything hold you back. Let's be transformed in this time. Let God meet you at the level of your expectation.